Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm Juliet Lamar, and I have with me on the line Noah Abelson Gertler, and he is the CEO and co-founder of ShareRoot. We're really excited to have him on. So welcome, Noah. Thank you for having me, Juliet. You're welcome. Why don't you give us a little bit of an overview of what ShareRoot is? Yes, so ShareRoot is a company in the marketing tech sector, and we are focused on promoting equitable marketing practices, uh, which is really important currently and should have been more important over the past five to 10 years. And by equitable, what we mean is more of a balanced relationship between consumers and companies and technology providers. Uh, To date, we see that there is a void and we see that there is an imbalance and that imbalance is leaned towards there being too much control and power in the hands of companies and technology providers, when in fact, Consumers deserve to have the right to control their own data and privacy. So about three and a half years ago, ShareRoot launched a platform, which is in the user-generated content space, so the photos and videos that we take on our phones, and then published to social media platforms. And we were unique in the UGC space when we launched our platform, because what we did was we enabled consumers and brands to interact in a legally compliant manner in the UGC space. That is unique because before ShareRoot's UGC platform came around, you had brands 
that would go and grab people's photos off of Instagram or Twitter or Facebook and use them in their marketing efforts. So if you can imagine, wow. you know, there's, a, yeah, it's pretty crazy. So you can imagine a, a woman in Australia walks into a Lorna Jane shop and there <laughs> on newly minted t-shirts is her photo where she was standing on the top of a hill uh, that she had, uh, she had a photo taken of her. She posted to Instagram. She had hashtag Lorna Jane, but at no point did Lorna Jane say, hey, we'd like to take your photo and use it on a t-shirt on a print. And so you can imagine that numerous situations like that have happened or people see themselves showing up on a billboard, that sort of thing. So we entered into the space again about three and a half years ago and we said, look, brands need to reach out to consumers and say, hey, Amy, hey, Matt, uh, we'd like to use your photo and our marketing efforts. It's Costco. We're reaching out to you from our Costco handle. It's going to show up as a comment uh, under your Instagram post so all your friends can see it. And we're actually going to ask you for the legal licensing uh, to be able to use your photo. And if Matt or Amy are interested um, uh, to sign over the legal licensing of their photo or their video for Costco or any other brand to use, uh, they go through a three to five step process and they end up signing a licensing agreement or a legal contract saying, yes, Costco, you can use my photo in your marketing efforts. Uh, what we found when we launched this platform was surprisingly about 50% of consumers, really surprising, are willing to go through that process, take about five minutes out of their day to sign over the legal licensing of a photo or, or a video to a company that they like who has asked to use that photo or video in their marketing efforts. Keep in mind, in this situation, the companies do not provide any discount for products, any free product, any money back, nothing to the user. <laughs> and roughly 50% of consumers will go through that process. It's pretty mind-boggling. Um, uh, that that, that's insane. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> and, may <laughs> and maybe because I live in LA and it's a lot of people's jobs <laughs> to be models, spokespeople, uh, hosts, uh, you know, the face of a company, that's their job. Yeah. And to hear that companies are stealing <laughs> content from everyday people and then using yeah. it for free to profit, to me, is just a whole slew of evil. <laughs> Not only are you yeah. taking jobs from, from spokespeople, models, uh, you know, actors, all this, your company's also profiting off someone who doesn't even know it and not even giving them credit, much less paying them, which they really should be. How is any of that right. legal? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, and it's not. And it hasn't been legal, but brands just entered into the world of user-generated content, social media marketing at a really rampant or really quick pace. And so they weren't able to get all their ducks in a row to figure out what was legal and what wasn't. So a lot of brands got into UGC focused uh, lawsuits and lost multi-million dollar mm -hmm. suits. So when our platform came around, it was pretty timely. Um, and, and what we learned through this platform is consumers are really interested in taking control of their decision making around how their content is used. And furthermore, if they like a brand or a company, they will majority of the time actually sign over that legal licensing contract or say, yeah, Costco, I'd love to interact with you. So specifically through our platform, UCLA, one of our clients, has over an 80% approval rating, which is amazing. So if they request 80 video, I mean, sorry, eight, 10 videos uh, from users on Instagram, eight of them plus are likely to get approved. It's pretty insane when you think about those numbers. So again, it just shows yeah. that consumers really want to have control over their 
privacy and data and what they share. So, Absolutely. And, you know, I think when people aren't acting shady, uh, people are more likely to share yeah. their content for free, you know. But as soon as you right. steal it, then people are going to want to be compensated in some way, whether it's free products yep. or payment for the photo. Um, it is very strange what people will give away for free. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's really interesting. And, you know, why were brands acting in this way? Like, as you called it, shady, right? Why were they acting shady? Who knows? You know, it's the easiest way to just go and grab a photo instead of interacting with that consumer. And maybe that's why, because it saves the, you know, most amount of time to not ask. Or maybe brands were concerned that consumers wouldn't actually say yes and sign a legal licensing contract and take the five minutes out of their day. We're not really sure. But the positive thing is that the marketing landscape of which we are all in, not just in the U.S., but throughout the world, the marketing landscape is changing drastically. And it's changing because the legislative bodies, the governments throughout the world are mandating that companies need to respect the data and privacy of consumers to the extent of actually giving full control to those consumers to make decisions about how their data is used down to the individual data point. So mm -hmm. to explain this a little bit more, this is a huge change. Um, this will affect how all of us experience marketing uh, in the future. And uh, imagine a world, because this is the world that is up upon us over the next couple of years, where I'll use the Costco example again. Uh, I could turn around to Costco and I could say, hey, Costco, look, I, I like your brand a lot. I'm comfortable with you uh, storing my first name, my last name, my birth date. I'm even comfortable with you having geolocation data on me, right? So with use of my phone. Uh, when I'm walking around in a Costco store, I'm actually comfortable with you tracking me and which aisle I'm in and how long I stand in front of one section within a specific aisle. Um, and yeah, Costco, you can have all that information on me. But what I'm not comfortable with is you knowing my address or you knowing my marital status or you knowing how many kids I have. And so again, imagine a world where you will be able to choose down to the individual data point what each and every brand collects on you, is able to store on you, and you can choose to have them erase it at any point. So this world is upon us. Uh, it is being led by a piece of legislation that goes um, uh, or officially goes into play on May 25th. So we are getting very, very close to the time in Europe. Mm -hmm. And it covers all European Union citizens. It's called the GDPR, General Data Protection Regulation. And it mandates uh, the control as I exactly just explained it, right? Where the consumers get to choose each and every single data point, whether it's erased at any given point, you know, in five years and three days from now, I could then reach out to Costco and say, hey, you know what? I told you I was okay with you having my geolocation data. Ah, I've changed my mind now. You have 30 days to erase that data that you've previously collected on me. And moving forward, you can't collect that data anymore. So the GDPR uh, is mandating these changes. And throughout the rest of the world, uh, governments and laws will follow uh, what the GDPR is laying out. So, again, a huge change in front of us. Now, that's just um, in Europe, you said. Is, what, is that correct? Yeah. So, that is going into play uh, May 25th in Europe. But at the same time, USA's Privacy Act is uh, being updated to include elements that are similar to the GDPR. Uh, there's a group of uh, citizens in California that are uh, trying to pass a bill right now that is very similar to the GDPR. 
there is pleas to Congress uh, to establish a new entity that's all about data protection for consumers. And then if you look outside of the U.S., uh, China's cybersecurity law is very similar to the GDPR. It's actually been around for longer than the GDPR. Australia's Privacy Act also is being updated to include a lot of elements um, that are similar to the GDPR. And again, we're just going to find the rest of the world following suit um, and kind of following like dominoes, right? The Facebook and Cambridge Analytica scandal uh, that brought things top of mind about 45 days ago um, has made it so that the consumer consciousness is there. And we're all saying, wait, what? <laughs> How much data is collected on us? What do companies do with that data? And we find out stats and, you know, we, we find out that we're talking about over 80 million profiles were hacked by Cambridge Analytica. Uh, you may find out that in the majority of countries throughout the world, your internet service providers, so even Verizon and Comcast and Sprint and T-Mobile and everybody else can actually sell your uh, browsing history, any data on you whatsoever to other companies, and there's no limit on what those companies can do with it. So not only do you pay for your home internet, uh, they can also sell uh, where you were standing in your house uh, to, I don't know, let's say a, a company that sells kitchen products if you spend a lot of time in your kitchen uh, because you're accessing internet from a specific location within your house, right? So consumers start to find out these points and information as we uncover um, the privacy infringements that are going on and our voice as consumers is getting stronger and louder and we're basically saying enough right we need to have control over our data so again the the laws will be changing because the consumers want it um yeah i'm thoroughly creeped out now uh <laughs> so <laughs> so how, how did we how did we get here i mean how did how did we not know this you know i feel like this is something that is is so invasive uh, for the consumer, yeah. you know, yeah. how how is this in any way illegal, Possible and how how is here. it not disclosed? How is it not disclosed? I guess to the users yeah. in any way until now. <laughs> yeah, so this will actually be something that we can all connect with as human beings, consumers, and especially as American citizens. Um, leading up to 9/11, it's going to sound weird, but you'll understand it in a second. Leading up to 9/11, we've got this chart where you can check it out. Uh, you see that there's there's two lines plotted on this graph that expresses it. And basically what you see is technology was getting more complex, of course, right? So the internet, uh, you know, the new platform, social media, so on and so forth, things were starting to pop up. And so technology over time, of, of course, gets more advanced. Now, also another line on this chart, um, which just expresses the reality is at the time, government regulations throughout the world were kind of keeping up with protection around data and protection around these new technologies, right? So they were pacing pretty well together, in other words. Governments were ready to protect the amount of data that was being collected by these new technologies, and the technologies were growing um, at the same time. Then, with 9-11, what happened was uh, the U.S. government took this notion and this message of we cannot protect our citizens unless we can survey them online. And the same goes for organizations and companies. We cannot protect our citizens and consumers unless governments, organizations, and companies can survey those consumers online. So what you see is not only in the U.S., but throughout the rest of the world, all of the regulatory bodies, all of the laws shifted changed and essentially dropped off. So if you're looking at this chart, you watch as 
the laws and regulations completely decrease in number, while technology, of course, continues to grow and climb. So because of 9-11, and because the American message was we have to survey our citizens to keep them protected, uh, there, there were no laws against doing so. Um, over the last, uh, what is it now, 17 years, uh, there, there's been a change, right? So about five, 10 years ago, you have, you know, Edward Snowden, various leaks that showed what was going on with data collection on, on citizens. And suddenly, citizens started getting concerned. The GDPR itself is a result of this. The GDPR, the legislation we were talking about in Europe, that was decided upon over two years ago. It's just going into place in two weeks from now on the 25th, but it was decided upon over two years ago because consumers and our consciousness has really begun to pick up, especially over the last five years. And we're mm -hmm. saying, okay, you know, our data is being mishandled, our privacy is being infringed on, we now need to change. But hopefully that answers how we've gotten here. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it makes it makes a lot more sense now. It it still kind of sucks, but it it does make yeah. more sense. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's happening, and and we're starting slowly starting to climb out of this hole and protect ourselves, which is is such a big step in the right direction. Um, yeah. I'm just curious if you know the answer to this, but what is the the most useful information for companies? let's just say retail companies, not malicious companies, but just retail companies to have about you? You know, is it how much time you spend in each part of your house? Is it, you know, your your direction around a store? You know, what is one of their most useful pieces of information they, they really want? Yeah, so this is an interesting one. And then I'll, I'll hit you with another point afterwards. But um, the most invasive pieces of data or data points that would concern us the most as consumers are currently right now not the most valuable data points for consumer for brands. So the ones that mm -hmm. would concern us most would be geolocation data tracking where we are at any given time, or let's say access to our microphones, a very scary yeah. one. How many different apps have we given access to our microphones? Are the yeah. Siri is prompted or Alexa is prompted to always respond to you uh, when you say the name, right? Then guess what? It always has to be listening. And there's a bunch of other apps yep. just given access to your microphone. So those are the scariest ones. But right now, and it doesn't mean that it won't change, the data points that are most valuable to an advertiser or a marketer, and this is a subsection of the over, overall data and privacy protection space, but just for marketers, the most valuable piece of information is going to be your email address. And the reason for that mm -hmm. is they can email you as many times as they want, form of communication, and uh, yeah, that's the most valuable point. One element I do want to just kind of throw in there, it's a bit of a plug, but it also is relevant in the discussion that we're having, is for the last nine months, uh, ShareRoot has been uh, building in the background a platform that gives the control to the consumers to decide how any and every brand interacts with them. So it's kind of the solution for the GDPR, the solution for the laws that are coming to pass, not only in Europe, but throughout the rest of the world, so that we as consumers will suddenly be able to make decisions as to how companies interact with us. So to your question, yeah, we'll be able to decide which companies can have our email address without having to go and find an unsubscribe button on you know, an email that is sent to us. Instead, everything will be controlled in the same place. You can toggle geolocation on and off. You can toggle email address on and off. You can toggle first name, last name, birth date, any of these things, purchase history, and you can make that choice within uh, this platform. 
platform is called Media Consent. We'll be rolling it out towards the end of next month. Uh, we will be rolling it out to consumers and then soon to follow to companies. Consumers will not have to pay for it because we shouldn't have to pay to control our data. Instead, companies Absolutely. will pay for it in order to be compliant and be able to get our consent if they want it. And one other kind of side of this, or when you think about like the ethos and the belief system behind it is coming from the marketing world, what you become aware of is there's all these data companies around. So there's data companies that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars, there's a few. And what do these data companies provide? They provide data on us as consumers. So they're selling our data. We don't even know what data they have and who they're selling it to and so on and so forth. Why is that the case, right? And it all comes back to the question that you asked of like, how did we get here? Why are we here? How did this happen? And our belief system at ShareRoot is data companies shouldn't exist, right? Five to 10 years from now, we should all be receiving some sort of compensation, be it a check or, you know, some cryptocurrency or massive discounts to brands that we like if we have decided that year to share our data with them. Yeah. Yeah, it's much more of a symbiotic relationship and it feels better when, you know, a company reaches out and says, hey, I see that you tag Lululemon in all your hiking adventure shots. You know, can we use this and we'll give you 20% off? I'd be like, hell yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And if, and if it's a brand you don't love, like, I don't know, let's say a brand that you're indifferent about, they'd probably have to give you more. But so be it. Exactly. That doesn't mean that they should go and steal your data. They should give you more for it. And, you know, it's helping them, too, because it's more organic generated data because we all see ads and we become very numb to them. You know, like you see an ad yeah. as a model or, you know, a celebrity and you, you think, yeah. oh, that's so great. But, you know, you're so you're so bombarded with those very similar looking ads every year, whatever's trending, you know, it gets stagnant. And so this could really help companies doing it in a legal way um, to boost their sales. And, and just, you know, people I know I buy. If I think the company is ethical or if they, you know, treat their animals correctly or they treat their employees correctly, I'm a motivated buyer through ethics. So this, if I know they're not stealing content and that my friends are being tagged in their posts, I'm more likely to buy their products, even if I don't know about them. Right, right, exactly. Yep. And, it's, and, and I think the majority of companies to date haven't realized the value of equitable marketing practices equitable business practices and how far that can get them. Um, and our UGC mm -hmm. platform really taught us that again with those crazy approval ratings for brands like UCLA and Costco. No, that's absolutely amazing. Um, so why don't you give us a little rundown about if people want to use ShareRoot, you know, how do they get involved with it? How do they get it up and running? Yeah, for sure. So uh, on the company side, so for our clients, uh, we will soon be offering the media consent platform alongside uh, ShareRoot's user-generated content platform. So if you're a company and you're interested in legally acquiring user-generated content and engaging with consumers in an equitable way, uh, you would want to go to our website, shareroot.com or shareroot.co. You can choose <laughs> whichever you would like, <laughs> and you can start a free trial there, seven-day free trial, and you'll see the button um, right when you get there. And for our media consent platform, on the other hand, uh, you can go to mediaconsent.com and contact us there and say that you're interested in participating in our 
beta program or our pilot program. We likely will not be accepting additional entries into our beta program because we're getting a lot of interest already. Uh, but once we open it up to a pilot program, we likely will be accepting or we definitely will be accepting more brands into it. Now on the consumer side, uh, for the UGC platform, uh, right now, uh, there is not a way to participate unless a brand reaches out to you. So you kind of have to wait around until a Costco or a UCLA or a, a you know, Singapore Tourism Board or any other company uses, uses ShareRoots UGC platform and reaches out to you and you get a message in the form of a comment under your Instagram post or Twitter post. That is the way that you have to engage with the UGC platform. In the coming months, there will be a way to sign up proactively to be an ambassador for a brand that you like to share photos and videos with them but for right now that isn't there so if you are interested in doing so wait about two to three months and then go back to shareroot.com and you will see a way to sign up as an ambassador uh, as a consumer for media consent on the other hand uh, before the end of this quarter so we're talking about before the end of june we will roll out the consumer facing side of media consent where you can go and you can choose your preferences and control your data and privacy. So uh, in the next 30 days, there will be a way to sign up for the consumer side of media consent, and that will, the same way as a company looking to get some information, go to mediaconsent.com to find out the information. Uh, I mean, sorry, to be able to sign up uh, to be a, a consumer who is getting control over their data and privacy. Well, I cannot wait for that. I'm gonna sign up right away. <laughs> Awesome. To make sure everything awesome. is in order. Yep, you uh, got to well, wait 30 no, days, and then you're and then you're there. <laughs> uh, the longest 30. I'm not posting anything on Instagram or Facebook for the next 30 days. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> They've That's already awesome. got it all. They've already got it all. I know. <laughs> yep. Oh uh, Noah, this is this has been a really great conversation. Thank you so much for you know enlightening people who don't know about this issue and and providing a solution to something that is really needed in our world today. For sure, Juliet. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate the questions and the conversation. Hopefully, I didn't talk for too long. <laughs> Absolutely not. Thank you so much, Noah. So that was Noah Abelson-Gertler. He is the CEO and co-founder at ShareRoot. So go to shareroot.co to protect yourself and maybe start uh, collaborating with some companies in the future as an ambassador. Thank you so much for joining yeah. us. This has been Juliet, Juliet Lamar with Future Tech Podcast. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. 
but artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to BFTExpo.com. That's BlockchainFutureTechExpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.